Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our April Hot-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is currently available at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. This month's theme is Springtime Magic. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show today, my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Too Funny, 101 Hilarious Stories to Brighten Your Day. Good morning, Amy. Happy April, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm very excited to be talking about this book of humorous stories because it's just a way to bring some sunshine into our lives, right? Even if it's about the storm outside. <laughs> no kidding. I tell you what, Chicken Soup for the Soul Too Funny is an extremely fun read. The stories are very funny, entertaining, and certainly a perfect book to kick off the spring season where, like you mentioned, the weather is kind of chaotic, and so we all need a little boost of fun. And congratulations on this release, uh, which is which was yesterday, actually. It was yesterday, and um, and I definitely needed to use my humor muscle yesterday. <laughs> First thing in the morning, I got an email from my neighbor. We live on this little private lane. It's like a shared mm-hmm. driveway for four houses. And I had, we're in a new house. Um, it's an ancient house, actually. It's an 87-year-old mm-hmm. house, but uh, we're, we're renovating it. I had mm-hmm. six different trades coming yesterday. You know, I had like the carpet guys and the electrician, yeah. and the pool guy and, and the carpenters. Everybody was coming between eight and nine. I get this email at seven thirty. Um, there's a massive tree that has fallen across the, the road. Oh, and no. I had to start. And, and, you know, everybody in my town had lost trees the night before because we had a big storm. And so I had to get mm-hmm. on the phone and, I managed to get the tree cleared by 8.30. I had trucks lined up waiting to come in. And oh, man. then at the end of the day, I had a power failure. And so I thought, <laughs> you know, you have to use humor. And I was like, this will make a good story. You know, it was like my day was bookended by disasters with fallen trees. <laughs> well, the, the, I guess like what my one of my nine moms used to say, uh, Mama Ginger would say, and the good news is, it was like, what good news? Are you kidding me? Haven't you heard me complain the last 45 minutes? But I think she's right. And in your case, like you were talking about, when you look back, we all can find a little humor and the funny side of life at certain things. Of course, it's not funny at the moment, but when you look back, you know, it's something that, wow, (laughs) we have two ways to look at it. Yeah, I always I always approach situations like that, thinking about what kind of story they'll make and, you know, how it is kind of amusing, even as disaster is all about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So true. So why did Chicken Soup decide to create this totally humorous book? So we learned a few years ago that our writers were actually very funny. And <laughs> we just decided to try it. And so in 2019, we started collecting stories for a humor collection and we put it out in April of 2020, which was right when the pandemic was really hitting everybody hard and we were all hunkered Mm -hmm. down in our houses. And that book was called Laughter is the Best Medicine. And I remember I actually tried to stop the book from shipping because it was starting to <laughs> ship in early March, right when the pandemic really became right. obvious. And yeah. and I thought that maybe people would think a book called Laughter is the Best Medicine. I thought they might think that was disrespectful. People were right, dying. Right, right. It was really right. bad then, right? It was like the plague. And the book was a huge hit for us, even though people couldn't go into the stores to buy it. Somehow mm-hmm. it managed to sell. And 
so then I said, okay, people really do like reading funny stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul. So then we decided to do it again in 2021, and we put out Read, Laugh, Repeat last mm-hmm. spring. Mm-hmm. And that was a big hit for us. So then I said, all right, I think this should be a tradition. And so we decided we'd do another humor (laughs) collection this spring. And that's why Chicken Soup for the Soul, Too Funny, came out yesterday. And we're actually collecting stories now for a fourth humor book that we intend to put out in spring of 2023. So if you have a humorous story and you're listening, go to our website, chickensoup.com. And click on submit your story and you can actually submit your funny story for our next collection. Awesome. That's really wonderful. Well, this book is fantastic. It's just some of it is like I, I would say, you know, it's not funny at the moment. No question about it. There's certain things that happens, right? But then when you look back, it's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and, that, and there are a lot of stories that I picked out. For us to talk about later that I could relate to it because up to a certain point uh, I was I had that happen to me how's that you know that so it's it got personal from that perspective so did you learn some good did you have some good laughs in selecting the story oh my gosh I laughed <laughs> I laughed so much reading these stories so we got thousands of submissions and then we have a mm-hmm. team of readers and they narrow it down and mm-hmm. then they narrow it down to I don't know, several hundred. And then that group of stories goes to um, our associate publisher, Diet Corona, and then she narrows it down more. So then I probably got, I don't remember now, two or 300 stories to read to mm-hmm. pick out the 101 that would go in the book. And so I was laughing so hard while I was reading the stories <laughs> and selecting them for the book. And then you would think that once I had read one of the stories, I wouldn't laugh again. But then as I was sorting the stories into the chapters of the book, I was mm-hmm. laughing again, looking at the stories. And then when I sat down to edit the stories, I was laughing again. So these stories were making me laugh, you know, three times, even though I already knew what was in them. They're really funny. Yeah. When people yeah, yeah. make fun of themselves or talk about their misadventures or you know, when words come mm-hmm. out wrong, whatever funny things, usually they're kind of telling a story on themselves. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just really funny. I guess it's self-deprecating humor, and that's always funny. Do you think humor comes naturally to all of us in some ways, I guess? I think so. I was I was thinking about that, and I think it mm-hmm. does. That ability to laugh at yourself, mm-hmm. you know, not laughing at other people, but laughing at yourself <laughs> is, is really... Yeah. I think yeah. if we don't have that ability, we, we should learn it because that's how you get through a lot of stuff, right? Right. By laughing right. at yourself. Right. Um, I mean, I wonder even if animals have senses of humor. I mean, I, I think they might. Like, I know I see, like, deer playing in my backyard where I'll see the uh-huh. mother deer, you know, playing mm-hmm. with, the, with the fawn. Like, they're jumping right. around and playing together. And that's just one step away from having a sense of humor. So I wonder if all living creatures have a sense of humor. That's true. Very, very true. Well, who came up with the engaging book front and back covers? I love it. (laughs) Oh, so our graphic designer, his name is Dan Sakari. And um, Mm -hmm. we like to put animals on our covers. We often put animals and Giraffes, of course, are inherently funny looking. So mm-hmm. when we did this three years ago, we put um, an alpaca on the cover. Then mm-hmm. last year, we put a meerkat on the cover. And um, and then we found this funny picture of a giraffe that looks like it's laughing. So we put <laughs> that on the cover. And we, we're now deciding what animal we're going to put on the cover for the next humor collection for mm-hmm. 2023. But we want an animal that's smiling or laughing. And then on the back cover, we have <laughs> three <laughs> alpacas that look so funny. Um, they just look like they're looking at you going, huh, what? You know, so we, I mean, we love, we love using great animal photos on our cover. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. what we did. It's beautiful. I have to tell you, I like the whole color concept as well because it's very engaging and uh, it's warm. It's inviting 
And it's funny, like you say, it, it has that the theme. The theme is right in terms of that. It really engages that side of our. I, I, I don't know whether personality or sense senses would be the right thing to say. Yeah, well, I like how it looks very springy because you have the beautiful mm-hmm. blue sky with the puffy white clouds, and then mm-hmm. of course giraffes are so tall. It makes sense that the giraffe is looking like it's up there in the sky, you know, it's because they are so, what are they, 20 feet tall, you know, 16 feet tall, something like that. Right, so, yeah, right. It's, it definitely will grab you. I mean, when I'm designing a cover with um, Dan Takari, mm-hmm. um, I stand 10 feet away from the cover, and I say, well, this cover pulled me across the aisle at Walmart uh-huh. to pick up this right. book. You know, right. you have to pass that test. Right. That's true, though. People don't realize it. There's a lot of uh, lot of thought that goes into something like that, and you're very right because the I know people always say, and we hear this all the time: don't judge the book by its cover. But guess what? It's the natural thing. Whether the does the cover attract the potential reader? Oh yeah, you have to. You, you definitely have to judge a book by its cover. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> We would we we wouldn't sell any books if we didn't have eye-catching covers. So true, so true. Please share with us the various chapter topics covered in the book. Oh, let's see. We have um, that was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. That's when people are telling stories on themselves. We have. I can't believe I did that again. People telling stories on themselves. <laughs> Mistaken identity. You know, some really fun situations mm-hmm. where where somebody thought somebody was somebody who they weren't. Um, chapter four is called These Modern Times, and it's really about technology snafus. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Chapter five is about when you didn't mean to say what you said, and so it's called Not What I Meant. And chapter six is about domestic disasters, like just things that have gone wrong at home. And then chapter seven is called Happily Ever Laughter, and that's kind mm-hmm. of like a play on Happily Ever After, and that's basically marriage stories. <laughs> um, chapter 8 is called Laughing at Ourselves, and Chapter 9 is kind of like amazing things. You can't believe they happen, so that chapter is called I Kid You Not. And then Chapter <laughs> 10 is called Family Fun, which is family fun with a question mark. And it's uh, family stories which may or may not have been fun for the people who were involved. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I love a bunch of the stories. We're going to go through a bunch of them. So we're going to get started, we're going to get started early here with the stories. So let's jump into Chapter 1. That was embarrassing. And the story that I really like is the very first one, actually, which is interesting. Why not? What not to carry through airport security by Ree Pashti? Yeah, so Ree's story made me laugh out loud every time I looked at it, <laughs> and that's why I put it first in the book. And you know why I'm always strategic about what's first in the book is is because on um, Amazon they have a feature called like see inside or look inside, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the first story always shows up, and so I always try to have a really strong story so that if yeah. somebody's deciding whether to buy the book, they're reading a strong story, you know, on that Amazon see inside feature. So anyway, Ree uh, tells us that she's had plenty of bad luck trying to get through security at the airport in Winnipeg in Canada. First, it was her laptop computer, which had some kind of suspicious trace substances on it. And then one time she forgot she was carrying her Swiss Army knife, so she got in trouble for that. (laughs) And then the most embarrassing incident of all occurred. So she was making a last-minute trip to visit her family in America for Thanksgiving and she packed in a rush and so she didn't really pay attention. She just grabbed a bag and packed it and rushed off to the airport. And so she was going through security and she'd been chatting with this guy in the line and they were going to be on the same flight. So he said, Oh, well, when we get to the gate, after we go through security, let's go get some coffee. So they kind of had a date, right? There was, there was a date (laughs) planned. And then, disaster struck because we had forgotten one small item in her carry-on bag. This was a bag that she had carried to 
the doctor's office. Also, she had just come back from East Africa, and she had um, like a little gastrointestinal trouble. So she went to the doctor, and he had given her something. So she's going through the line, and the TSA agent pulls out of her bag the thing that the doctor had given her. It was one of those little plastic cups that you you know put something in, and it was mm-hmm. for a stool sample because mm-hmm. she had been having those GI problems. And on this little container, it said toxic and poison, and it also had some liquid in it. And so he said to her, what is this for? And she turned bright red because she had forgotten that this stool sample collection kit was in her bag because she had taken the bag to the doctor and then quickly packed it to travel. Now, remember, the cute guy she's going to have coffee with is right behind her in the line. And so she's trying to make this go away. And so she says, like, "Um, it's nothing. And he says, ma'am, this is poison. You cannot take this on the flight. I need to know where you got this and why you have this in your bag. And so now she wants to just melt into the floor because this cute guy is hearing everything. And now she has to explain what it is. So she leans in and she whispers, it's for a stool sample. It's from the doctor. And he goes again, ma'am, this is poison. Why do you have this? And she's like, it's for a stool sample. So now the cute guy has heard her talking about stool sample. And then he goes, it's toxic. What is that? She said, it's for a stool sample. He doesn't know what a stool sample is. She goes, fecal matter. He doesn't know what fecal means. She goes, it's for poo. It's for my poo. And now the cute guy is hearing all of this, thinks that maybe she has something in the little stool sample container. Right. And then the guy is like, well, why is the liquid here? And she says, well, there's nothing in there, but the liquid was in case there was something in there. It was to keep it um, fresh, to keep the poo fresh. So she's having this complete yeah. discussion. Anyway, <laughs> cute guy has disappeared now because the whole line behind her got so backed up that everybody switched to another line. She finally gets through after they do a complete, you know, pat down search mm-hmm, of her, mm-hmm. search everything that she has. And she goes to her gate and she buys her own coffee. So that was her story, and I was just laughing so hard while I worked on that one. <laughs> it's really funny. I love that story. It reminds me, it was last year, actually. I'm not going to name the hotel, but apparently, I didn't know this, but uh, Vegas allows uh, legalized marijuana in the hotels. I didn't know that. And But anyway, I was giving a keynote speech, and I stayed there for several days, and uh I sense something is wrong, right? I mean, I'm just like, I, I'm very sensitive. It's just, you know, I just kind of, my eyes turned red and all that, but I do have eye drops. But needless to say, on the way out, so here yeah, I'm completely packed. I've got my suit on and so forth, giving the keynote speech. But this is more than a humor side, like you said. And I, I ran into one of the security officers, and she finally told me, she said, oh, the reason why you, you know, you have all the smell and the sort of it feels kind of weird is because of the legalized marijuana, even though we tell people they can't smoke in confined areas, but they do. So I just make a joke. I say, okay, this is great, right? Yeah, Johnny Tan heading to the airport and going through, and all I need is a dog, uh, a drug-sniffing dog that comes up to and, you know, I've, I got my suitcase now. I said, uh, no, really, I don't have anything. You know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's get back away. <laughs> you think what were, happens you know, in Vegas stays in Vegas, except <laughs> you had the smoke smell all over your body. <laughs> I know. And the wrong kind of smoke, you know. So it's like, okay, right. this is great. <laughs> so anyway, so the, I thought it was, like, really hilarious. That, you know, it's it, it just crazy things that happen sometimes. And... Uh, but the second story in this chapter is really wonderful, too. Seeing Double by Anne Oliver. Oh, this was another one that made me laugh so hard. So Anne Oliver had um, two dogs. Um, one was a West Highland White Terrier. One was Scottish Terrier. And then um, the Scottish Terrier had a litter Oh, no, Scottish Terrier and, and the Westie had a litter of puppies, and she gave one of them to her daughter. And that one looked exactly like uh, Maggie's 
looked, it, sorry, looked exactly like her male dog. So now, and then her daughter got a Westie. So now the mother has a pair of dogs. The daughter has a pair of dogs. The pairs of dogs look identical to each other. Then her daughter came to live with her. But where they lived, they lived in, on an island, and you were only supposed to have two dogs per house. But now they had four dogs in the house. So they had to hide this because their daughter was going to live with them for a year while her husband was deployed. And so they never put more than they, – they never put both pairs of dogs outside. So they had two yards, front and back, and they put – one pair of dogs in the front, one in the back, but never all four dogs together. So then what happened was one day one pair of dogs got out and ran down to this hotel that they always walked by where the dogs would get treats from the hotel mm-hmm. staff and the hotel staff knew them. So they tried to reach Anne and they couldn't reach her. So they called for the dog rescue people and they went and got the pair of dogs. So then Anne had to go collect her dogs from the dog rescue place. Meantime, her daughter's dogs were at home, but the gate was loose, and they got out. So she's bringing home the dogs from the dog rescue. And meanwhile, the next pair of dogs has already gotten out and headed to the same hotel where her dogs had just been picked up by the rescue. So she gets home, puts her dogs in the yard, not realizing that the gate has been left open. She then hears from the dog rescue, has to go pick up her daughter's dog. Now, meanwhile, the rescue thinks it's the same pair of dogs twice. While she's picking up her daughter's dogs, so she's gone to the rescue for the second time, her original pair of dogs gets out again and goes back to the hotel. So now the hotel has had this pair of dogs three times. They call the rescue again. She now has to go back to the rescue again to pick up the first pair of dogs. So first pair of dogs got out, then second pair of dogs got out, then first pair of dogs got out again. Meanwhile, everybody thinks that the same pair of dogs got out three times. She's in big trouble. It was just hysterically funny. Everything went wrong for her because the gate was unlocked. She didn't know it. Her husband left it open. He left it closed. Just a comedy of errors. (laughs) I love it. It's just wonderful. Do you have a story that you like in this chapter? Um, Well, in this in the uh, that was embarrassing category. Yes. There's another one. So it's by Mickey Finley, um, and it's called Exposed. So you know you know that saying that when you're making a speech, if you're nervous, you're supposed to imagine the whole audience is in their underwear. Yeah. So let's just flip that. All right. So Mickey Finley <laughs> was singing at the Scottish banquet in Canada, in British Columbia, and she decided she needed to wear something made out of, you know, a tartan. And mm-hmm. so she had a seamstress make her a kilt. And she got it very last minute from the seamstress because the seamstress was super busy. And so she put the kilt on, went to this dinner, is nervously waiting. It's time for her to get up. She's in front, like on the dais in front of everybody. <laughs> time for her to get up and sing. She stands up and she hears rip and her kilt falls around her ankles. And she's standing in front of the audience of hundreds of people in her underwear, which is why I said this was flipped around. And she looks down and the kilt is lying on the ground. So she grabs it, pulls it up, wraps it around her, goes up and says, well, I should have eaten more haggis, shouldn't I? So she gets a laugh out of the audience. Haggis, you know, is one of those dreadful Scottish dishes that only the Scots like. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that the kilt, because the seamstress had been running so late, instead of making like a real fastener with a button, mm-hmm. she had done mm-hmm. it with Velcro, and the the skirt had gotten caught on something, and that opened up the Velcro. So I just thought that was really a funny story because it was such a turnaround on the concept of the audience wearing underwear. You know, in this case, it was the singer who was in her underwear. Oh, gosh. (laughs) These are real stories, by the way. We only covered three, and they are hilarious. Really super hilarious. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Wonderful. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast, available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, 
Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our April edition of our hot-scented and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the Publisher and Editor-in-Chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Too Funny, 101 Hilarious Stories to Brighten Your Day. Amy, Chapter 2, really wonderful. I can't believe I did that. And the story that I like is The Campground by Nancy Gale Collins. So... Nancy was going to a business meeting, and um, she was supposed to fly there. She decided she would take a mini vacation on her way there, and she would drive there instead of flying. And so she packed up her car with a tent and some camping gear, and she set out to drive from Nashville to Gulf Shores, Alabama. And then when it started getting dark, she decided to look for a campground, and she came upon a sign for one called all God's Glory RV and Tent Park. And the guy who ran it said they had a spot there. And so she got a spot there, and then she was really pleased because these two nice men helped her put up her tent and inflate her air mattress and set up her camping furniture, and they introduced themselves. And then they invited her to a potluck dinner that was being held at this outdoor pavilion by a big pool that this campsite had. So she went off with them to the dinner where there were about 50 people already gathered around a fire Mm -hmm. and they introduced her around as they seemed to know a lot of people there. And they said she was lucky to have come on the evening of their weekly potluck dinner because a lot of the attendees there were chefs. And so it was like a bunch of regulars who came to this every weekend and it was really nice. The picnic tables had white linen tablecloths on them And it was just beautiful. The tables were beautifully laid out and decorated. And the food was really gourmet items like escargot and mousse and all kinds of fancy salads. And then eventually Nancy noticed that all of her new friends were guys. She was the only woman there. (laughs) And then after dinner, she finally figured it out because all of a sudden, they're standing around the pool and the guys all take off their clothes. And a nude water polo match begins. And her new friends say, Nancy, you should join us. And she's kind of embarrassed to take off her clothes. And one of them says, girlfriend, if you were Cindy Crawford in the buff, we would not give you a second glance. (laughs) And then she realizes, oh, I am at a gay nudist colony. So she says, what the heck? And she takes off her clothes and she plays nude volleyball with the guys. And then around midnight, they escort her back to her tent, and she said it was an amazingly fun experience. She still keeps in touch with those two guys who were so nice to her. And then she finally realized why the campground was named All God's Glory. So I thought that was a really funny story that happened to her. (laughs) I I can't say anything else except laugh. It was really fun. That's why I chose that story. That's really one of those moments like, what? And the goodness is she went with the flow. (laughs) She totally did. I don't think I would have done that, but she did it. Brave, very brave. Wonderful. The next story I really like, uh, this is funny because it's, uh, and I'll I'll put in my two cents afterwards, is that Lip Balm Attic, and it's by Pat Solstad. Yeah, I could guess. I could definitely um, relate to this one because I am always putting on chapstick. So Pat Solstad was addicted to her lip balm, and so she always had it with her. She couldn't stand to, you know, not have lip balm on. And one particularly cold and dry day, she was just applying it regularly while she shopped at Walgreens. And she always kept it loose in her purse so she could just reach in and grab it and put it on. So she's walking the aisles and she's smiling at the other shoppers. And then she notices that some of them are giving her weird looks. And she thought that maybe they thought she was shoplifting because she kept reaching into her purse, but she was reaching in to get her lip balm. Well, even the cashier looked at her strangely when she was checking out. And it was only when she got home and she glanced and saw herself in the entryway mirror 
that she realized what had happened, she had been grabbing not her lip balm every time she reached into her purse. She had been grabbing lipstick that she had forgotten was in there. And, of course, they feel the same. It's a little cylindrical canister. Yeah. And so you know how when you put lip balm on, you're not that careful. You kind of slabber it on there. Right, right. Well, you don't do that with lipstick. So she had lipstick all over her face, big red lips, you know, on her skin also. And that's yeah. what happened. That's why everybody was giving her such a weird look. Uh, and I chose that story it is because that's one thing that I did not get adjusted to this day is somehow my lips get dry. So I am... Uh, one of the guys that has to have lip balm. So if I get freeze, it's like, okay, what's that? <laughs> I have a lip balm in my pocket. And so I thought this story is really funny. <laughs> it is. It is. I loved it. The next story in this chapter, which is really cool too, The Ladybugs by Hannah Dorothy, Dowdy Campbell. Yeah, so Hannah is telling a story on herself. Um, she has a bunch of friends who she gets together with regularly. They all went to a Catholic high school together. And they take turns hosting when they meet at one of their houses. And when it was Hannah's turn, she went all out on the decorations. She bought some roses, but then she really wanted something that would add a touch of autumn to the decor. And so she found these beautiful, vibrant colored leaves in the parking lot at work. So she gathered up all these leaves, and then she put some of the leaves at every plate along with a rose. And she just thought it was like she was Matisse or something, how beautifully she arranged this table. (laughs) And she thought her artist friends who were going to be in attendance at this dinner party would be very impressed. So they had this wonderful potluck dinner, and she sent everybody home with a rose and some of these beautiful leaves that she had discovered. And then the next morning she realized that one of her eyes was red and her hands and her neck and her torso. And then she realized that those beautiful colored leaves must've been poison ivy or poison oak. So she got a prescription from her doctor for steroids and she sent out an email to all her guests confessing, what had happened. So that's pretty (laughs) embarrassing, right? But they were all in good spirits about it. Nobody blamed her. And in fact, a year later, she had this celebration party to celebrate one year since the poison ivy incident. And uh, this time, instead of having roses and poison ivy leaves as the centerpiece on the table, she had Benadryl, a steroid bottle, (laughs) hydrocortisone cream, and uh, calamine lotion. So I thought that was really funny. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of party I'll throw, you know? Silly mistakes kind of stuff like that. But the intention's good, exactly. though. It's all about the party. <laughs> it just bonded her even more with her friends. There you go. So true. What's your favorite story, Chapter 3? Oh, Chapter 3, Mistaken Identity. Okay, so this was a great one. This is by Leslie Schneider. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Canadian Who Came to Dinner. So one particular Thanksgiving, it was a really beautiful day in Southern California, and it was so beautiful that Leslie's mother decided they should have dinner out on the front lawn. So they set up a long table, and they decorated it, and then Leslie's uncle and aunt and cousins pulled up in their car, And another car pulled up right behind theirs. And so um, Leslie's aunt and cousins walked up to, you know, the table. And Mm -hmm. Leslie's uncle Gordon waited for the man who had pulled up right behind them to join him so they could walk up to the house together. And Leslie's mother was surprised to see this unexpected guest. But Uncle Gordon introduced him and said he was from Toronto and he was he was a Canadian just like Gordon. So Leslie's mom told her to set another place and uh, told the man they'd be they'd be eating in half an hour. And Leslie thought the man had a funny expression on his face for a moment, but he smiled and said, "Why, thanks, thanks a lot." So Leslie put their new guest right next to Uncle Gordon since the two men you know, we're friends. <laughs> and the two men 
talked and talked and talked during the whole dinner, reminiscing about Canada and their lives there. And then after dinner, the man approached Leslie's mother and thanked her. He said it was one of the best Thanksgivings he ever had and quite unexpected. And then a few minutes later, Leslie's mom commented to Leslie's aunt that Uncle Gordon's friend was very nice. And her aunt said, oh, no, we don't know him. We thought he was your friend. Well, they asked Uncle Gordon, and he said he had just assumed the man was one of their guests because he pulled up right behind them in the car, you know, and seemed to be about to walk up the lawn, you know, to Thanksgiving dinner. So everybody laughed because it turned out nobody (laughs) knew this man. And they went outside where the man was finishing up his dessert, and they asked him, like, who are you? And he said, well, I was actually lost in the neighborhood, and I was stopping to ask for directions. Oh, God. So that was the story. <laughs> yeah, so that's the man they hosted at their dinner, which I thought was so funny. Oh, that's a wonderful thing, though. <laughs> Just to eat. <laughs> that's I wonderful. Know. Great hospitality. <laughs> yeah. That's really wonderful. The story that I like in Mistaken Identity, and this is a really cool one. I think it's really funny. The Great Grandpa Exchange by Annette Clayton. Oh, my gosh. This was <laughs> so unbelievable. This was really something. So um, Annette's story involved her grandfather, Armand. And Armand liked to fish. And Armand was also a man of few words. Well, one day, the family decided they would head to the lake for a day of fishing, and Annette's friend, BJ, was joining them, and he lived near Annette's grandfather, Armand, so he said he would pick up Armand and bring him to the lake, and so he was going to pick up Armand at a McDonald's that was near them. When BJ pulled up to McDonald's, he saw Armand. He saw this older gentleman with a fishing pole standing there waiting. BJ nodded at him. Armand nodded back and climbed into the truck. So Annette was happily driving toward the lake in her car when she got a phone call. And it was BJ explaining that he did have an older gentleman with a fishing pole in his truck. And they were in the McDonald's parking lot. But he didn't think this was actually her grandfather, Armand, because this man said that his name was Elmer. So Annette (laughs) asked to speak to Elmer. And it turned out that he was going to the same lake to go fishing And he had been waiting for his ride at McDonald's, so he thought BJ was his ride. So Annette asked him for his home phone number, called his home, got his wife. She called the man who was supposed to have picked up Elmer at McDonald's who had failed to go there. And the guy said, wait, I thought I already had Elmer in the car. But no, he had Annette's grandpa, Armand, in the car who hadn't said a word. So it turned out that BJ, Annette's friend, drove the stranger, Elmer, to the lake. And then Annette's grandfather was driven by Elmer's ride to the lake. Well, they met up at the lake, and the two grandfathers ended up spending the whole day together, fishing and chatting, and they found a new friend in each other. It's, it, it could happen. How is that? Oh, it did happen. Standing at McDonald's, right? Right? Like, of course, it could happen. It's really, really funny. Chapter four. This is a cool one, right? These modern times, and I love this one: "The Sound of Silence" by Carol McAllister. Oh, this is so something that we all could do. So, (laughs) um, we have a bunch of stories in the book about people who were foiled by technology, Mm -hmm. and in this case. Carol was going to bed one night. Um, She lived in an apartment building, and so, you know, her bedroom was close to her kitchen. And so she called out to her, you know, Amazon Echo device in the kitchen, Alexa, play sounds to sleep by. And then she and her cat snuggled into bed and went to sleep. And during the night, the cat jumped on Carol's stomach and startled her awake. And it was 3 in the morning. But something was bothering the cat, and the cat would not let Carol go back to sleep. So she got up, and then she heard what was going. She heard why the cat was alarmed. She heard running water. So she got up to search for the running water. She couldn't find any problem in her home. 
And then she realized that there might be a broken pipe in the walls mm-hmm. because the sound seemed to be coming from inside one of the kitchen walls. So she thought, oh, my gosh, there could be water flooding my neighbor's apartment. So she picked up the phone to call the maintenance people for an emergency visit when it suddenly hit her. So remember the sounds to sleep by she had asked for? (laughs) Well, all she had to do to stop the sound of running water was say the magical words, Alexa, stop. So I thought that was really funny. (laughs) And of course, you have no idea what kind of song Alexa would play too. Oh, music. Well, it was nature. It was nature sound. Yeah, it was actually right. nature sound. <laughs> That's wonderful. This really is. Chapter five. Do you, which one of the stories do you like most? Okay, so I like this one because I didn't know what this meant either, mm-hmm. um, and I learned about it from Ben and Jerry. So <laughs> here's the story. So Cindy and Paul. Cindy Val had her own embarrassing moment with words, and that is even though she's an accomplished author, you know, a real wordsmith, mm-hmm. but she didn't know what these words meant. So she had some friends over, and one of them had stayed at a bed and breakfast recently and posted on Facebook that the room that she was in was called Netflix and Chill. And Cindy said, oh, that's a cool name. And her friends started laughing at her and said, Cindy, don't you know what Netflix and Chill means? And Cindy said, of course I do. It means you're going to watch a movie and relax. And everyone burst out laughing again. And Cindy says, apparently, somehow when I wasn't looking, that innocently descriptive phrase has morphed into meaning something entirely different involving watching Netflix, yes, but with amorous activity afterwards. (laughs) So Cindy was horrified because she had been throwing that phrase around a lot um, without realizing what it meant. Like, she had been at work and she had spoken to a younger colleague at work who had asked her what she and her husband were planning to do that weekend. And Cindy had said, Oh, we're going to Netflix and chill all weekend long. I can't wait. And the younger colleague had said, Oh, good for you. And she had told it to a cashier at the grocery store also. And he had said, awesome. So anyway, now she knows what it means. You know, there is that Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor called Netflix and chilled. So uh-huh. that's how I learned what it meant. And I think I might have learned that from my grown children. <laughs> hey, Amy, it doesn't hurt to tell them that. You say, hey, y'all, <laughs> leave early. <laughs> it's Netflix and chill. <laughs> it's yeah, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter six, domestic disaster. This is really cool. The Day Mandy, Mandy Died by Jill Nogales. Yeah, so... Um, One day, Jill's husband found their dog, Mandy, lying in her bed near their kitchen, and he tried to wake her up, but she wouldn't wake up. And she was quite old. And so Mandy's husband realized that their dog had passed away. So when the kids and Mandy came downstairs, um, her husband turned to them and, and said, I'm afraid I have bad news. Mandy died. And the kids and, and uh, Jill just stared at her husband after he said that Mandy had died. And he, you know, tears filled his eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, the daughter said, are you sure she died, Daddy? And he said, yes, I'm sorry, honey. I tried really hard to wake her up, but she didn't move. Mandy's gone. And finally, Jill said, are you sure Mandy is dead? Because she's standing right behind you and she's wagging her tail. <laughs> but I just thought that was funny. Hey, things happen, right? So that's a wonderful humor. Yeah, that was it's a good one. It's <laughs> beautiful. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our April edition of our Heart-Centered and Passion-Driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul. 
too funny. 101 hilarious stories to brighten your day. Amy, chapter 7. This is really cool. Happily ever laughter. And the story that is really wonderful is The Case of the Stolen Car by H.R. Hook. So H.R. Hook got a call from her husband, James, and she worried he was calling to report that he had been in an accident. But it turned out he was reporting that his car had been stolen and he was waiting for the police to come to the Walmart parking lot where the car had been. Um, He'd actually left the car there earlier that day before climbing into a UPS truck where he was working as a driver's helper during the Christmas season. So um, she told James that she would be there in half an hour. He had just woken her up from a nap. But she had this feeling that something was wrong with his story because her husband's car was this ancient beat-up Saturn that nobody would want to steal. (laughs) So before she met her husband where he was waiting for the police, she just decided to drive around the parking lot a bit because there was the big parking lot for Walmart and then there were other parking lots for neighboring stores and they were all connected. And sure enough, she spotted their, you know, awful little blue Saturn in front of a completely different store. So now what to do? She decided she was going to torture him a bit because he had woken her up from her nap just because he had actually misplaced the car. (laughs) So she picked him up and and he suggested they do one more drive around to look for the car. So she kind of casually drove straight to his car that she had found in front of the other retailer and she let him spot it for himself. And that's when he figured out that she had known all along and she was just teasing him. <laughs> so he went and confessed his mistake to the police. And now, of course, this is one of their favorite stories to tell. <laughs> I can relate to that when I first moved to Dallas and they have different terminals, right? So it's a big airport, DFW, uh, uh, Dallas International Airport. So I flew out to Los Angeles. I believe it was in Terminal A, but I flew back in uh, several days later to like Terminal E. And they all look alike as far as the parking space. And this is at one o'clock in the morning. So got there, look at the parking spot. And of course, my car's not there. It's like, oh no, (laughs) somebody stole my car. And... I went back in and this at one thirty in the morning now, don't forget it. And it's like in January. So it was really cold too. So I had to tell the security guy and the security guy was looking at me and says, so what terminal did you fly out of? Terminal A, American Airlines. <laughs> I said, okay, you're in the wrong terminal. You flew in in terminal A. I'm sure, so. that, I'm sure that was a standard answer, right? He must, yeah. he must have encountered that every single day. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and and, you, you know, you're talking about the same exact spots. You know how they build those things, right? The parking spaces are all Yeah, they're identical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, no, somebody stole my car. And so, anyway, so I can truly relate to that. <laughs> Chapter 8, Laughing at Ourselves, A Very Bad Day. I love this one by James Collins. Oh, my gosh, he had such a bad day. So first in the morning, he cut himself shaving, and it was a bad cut. So he had to stick a wad of toilet paper on his face to stop it. <laughs> uh, and when when he thought he could remove the tissue, it just started bleeding again. So he put the toilet paper back on his face again and proceeded with his day with the toilet paper stuck to his face. Then he was getting in his truck, and he hit his forehead on the top of the cab, and he got this big bump on his, you know, the front of his head. Mm-hmm. So then he decided to go and have lunch at Chick-fil-A. So he got this barbecue bacon sandwich. And he was really excited because it was just released for the summer. And so he ordered the sandwich and fries and sweet tea. Well, he wanted to dip his fries in ranch dressing. So he's trying to open the little dressing packet. And as he's fiddling with it, it bursts and ranch dressing squirts all over him. So he tries to wipe the ranch dressing from his shirt. Then he picks up the sandwich and bites into it, and the grilled chicken slips out of the bun and slides down his shirt, leaving a red streak. 
So now he's got barbecue sauce and ranch dressing on his shirt, <laughs> toilet paper on the cut on his face, and a big bump on his forehead. He goes into the restroom to try to clean up and tries to get the soap, and the soap squirts all over his face, his glasses, and his shirt. So now he's got liquid soap on his shirt along with the barbecue sauce (laughs) and the ranch dressing. Uh He goes back out to the table and discovers that one of the workers at Chick-fil-A had taken all his food away. So now his sandwich that he was looking forward to is gone. So then he says, well, at least he left my tea. So he reaches down to get his tea and notices a big glob of ranch dressing that he missed on his shirt. He scoops up the glob with his finger and puts it in his mouth, except it wasn't ranch dressing. It was a blob of liquid soap from the bathroom. (laughs) So now he's thinking, okay, I'm going to wash it down with some tea. He picks up his tea and realizes that the tea has a leak in the bottom of it and it's leaked all over his pants. So now it looks like he has had an accident in his pants. So he goes up to the counter to demand a new cup of sweet tea, and he says, I must have been a sight. There was bloody toilet paper on my chin. I had a giant knot on my forehead. My shirt was stained with barbecue sauce, ranch dressing, and liquid soap, and my pants were wet from sweet tea, so I looked like I had lost control of my bladder. And the lady behind the counter said, Honey, you've had a rough day, haven't you? And he goes, yes, I have. Thank you very much. And she says, it's my pleasure. So anyway, that was his very bad day. This is not in the movie. It's real life. That's the funny thing about it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Totally, totally amazing. Chapter 9. What's your favorite story in Chapter 9? I kid you not. I guess we'll continue. Yeah, we're going to continue with a um, fast food theme. In this case, um, let's see what Darby Andrews has to say. She's a new teacher, and she was nervous about the principal's visit, and she was handling her kindergarten class, and, you know, she wanted to show that she was good at it. Well, all her students spoke Spanish as their first language, and they were learning English. So that day, one of their tasks was to read a book about animals and say the sounds that they make, using the English word for the sounds, mm-hmm. you know, like a cow saying moo and a horse saying neigh and a sheep saying ba and a cat saying meow. And things were going smoothly while the principal was watching. Uh, the students were saying the right words, and Darby was starting to relax. And that was until she asked the class, what does the dog say? So what did her five-year-old student say in unison? Yo quiero Taco Bell. That was when that ad was on with the Chihuahua. Yeah. So Darby and the principal both burst into laughter. She passed the evaluation with flying colors, and I just thought that was really cute. (laughs) It's just wonderful. It's really, 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 really cute. (laughs) Chapter 10, and I love this one. It reminds me of uh, my... uh, Southern Belle mom actually is really interesting in a good way, but uh, but this story is really funny. Family Family Fun is the title of the chapter, and the story is The Maximalist by January Gordon. Yeah, so continuing to talk about children, but this time grown children, and grown children are the kind who know better than their parents and aren't afraid to share their wisdom. So January Gordon Ornelas shares what she learned from her daughter, Parker, Parker believes in minimalism and was appalled at all of her mother's stuff because we all have too much stuff, right? (laughs) So Parker didn't think her mother, for example, needed 43 coffee mugs. And I'm sorry to say that when I moved here, I threw away half my coffee mugs and I still have more than 43 (laughs) coffee mugs. And, And January also had a wok that she hadn't used in 30 years. She had a donut machine that she had never used. These were only a few of the victims of the clean-out that was foisted upon January by her beloved daughter, Parker. Well, she calls her Officer Parker in the story because (laughs) she talks about how her daughter led her through getting rid of all this stuff in her kitchen that she never, ever used or that she had way too much of. And finally, January thought, good, I'm done. I've gone from being a maximalist to being a minimalist. And I'm done, and Officer Parker is finished with my torture. And then her daughter Parker said, Mom, meet me in the garage. 
And then January knew that she was still on probation and Officer Parker was still on the case. So I thought that was funny because um, that happens all the time. In fact, my son is coming this weekend, and I think I might even volunteer for him to go through my stuff and tell me what to get rid of. (laughs) I can certainly relate to that. When I moved from Baton Rouge to Dallas, I had a good friend of mine that came over and started holding things up. Have you used this in the last couple of years? No? Okay, that box. It's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> I know. You know what I realized when I moved? I realized that one of the reasons I had so much stuff was because I thought, well, what if I need this thing at one point right, 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 in the right. future? Mm-hmm. But I used to keep stuff that I thought I might need one day, like a certain kind of art supply or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I realized now I could just order it on Amazon and have it in one or two days anyway. <laughs> You know, and I realized right. I don't, like, out of a hundred things I kept just in case, maybe in the next five years I would need one of them, but I right. could just order it and replace right. it, and it's right. better just to get rid of those hundred just-in-case items. Right, right. So true. So true. Well, as we close out the chapter, chapter 10, what's the story that you really like? Well, you talked about... um pot being legal before, right? So (laughs) I have a pot story for you. (laughs) So this story is from Terry Hans, and her her elderly father had found an aluminum foil packet in the snow on his way to a doctor's appointment, and it was filled with seeds. And he had a real green thumb, so he said, I decided to plant the seeds and see what would grow. And he planted them in pots in his living room window, which got a lot of great light. And these seeds thrived. He had these really tall, flourishing plants before he knew it. And so he didn't know what the plants were, but he just knew they were growing really well. And then he went to work, and he saw a guy at work wearing a T-shirt with a picture of the same kind of plant on his T-shirt. So he said to the guy, you know, I don't know what kind of herb that is, but I have a whole bunch of those plants that I grew from seeds, and they're getting really, really big, and I think I need to get rid of them. And the guy eagerly eagerly took his plants off his hands, and now, you know, her dad could see out his window again. And so she looked up the picture of the that he had sent to her, and she realized that he had been growing marijuana, and this was before it was legal. So they both had a really big laugh over that, that her sweet elderly father had raised a bumper crop of marijuana. That is really, really funny. That's amazing. What is coming up next for Chicken Soup? Oh, we have a bunch of great books coming out. So besides our two funny book coming out today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in June, we have um, a book called Your 10 Keys to Happiness, which really distills everything I've learned in the 14 years of being Chicken Soup for the Souls editor-in-chief into mm-hmm. 10 really easy-to-understand keys to happiness. And then in August, we're putting out a book called Attitude of Gratitude, which I'm just starting to edit now. Mm-hmm. And then in September, we're printing out Miracles and the Unexplainables, and those are always fun. So uh, a lot of good stuff is lined up for the next several months. Fantastic. So as we close this hour, what wonderful recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners today? So, you know, in in putting together the book, Your 10 Keys to Happiness, and really thinking through everything I've learned in these 14 mm-hmm. years of doing this job, um, some of the keys to happiness that that emerged, one of them is, I think, absolutely essential to a happy life, and that is to count your blessings and be aware of what's good in your life and really have that attitude of gratitude because that helps you power through whatever mm-hmm. is happening in your life, even if it's bad stuff. Um, Another key to happiness is to get outside. And here it is, April, and and we're able to go outside again and enjoy the weather no matter where we live. Um, And it turns out that is really essential because you go outside, you see the birds, you see all the animals conducting their lives, and it really gives you a sense of perspective and puts your own petty issues 
in perspective and you realize you're part of a much larger world. So those are two, I think, ingredients for a wonderful recipe for living, counting your blessings and getting outside in nature. Fantastic. That's beautiful. Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Wednesday morning, April 27th. My guest will be Kimberly Meredith. Kimberly is the founder of the Healing Trilogy, a non-denominational ministry that welcomes and accepts people of all races, religion, and spiritual beliefs. She is a self-taught medical intuitive, trans-channeler, surgical hands-on healer, and spiritual teacher with gifts of the Holy Spirit. Her spirit guide is Edgar Casey, the father of holistic medicine. Kimberly and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey, her latest book, Awakening to the Fifth Dimension, and how you can elevate your consciousness to heal your life. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it's been a true pleasure and tons of laugh today. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Johnny. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.